Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Peck-Baumert. How are you doing today, Paige? Really good. Thank you. Yeah. So today we are talking about calmness. Now, I don't know how many different podcasts we could have about calmness. We could probably talk about calmness for hours and hours. And it does seem to be something that people want more than almost anything. They also struggle with it, struggle with trying to maintain their calmness probably more than any other self-government thing. You know, there's people who can make themselves get up in the morning. They can make themselves make dinner on time. They can make themselves be consistent with telling the children what their negative consequences are and stuff like that. But they struggle with making themselves be calm. In fact, occasionally there's some people that aren't even sure it's possible, but we're here to tell you that it is possible. And today we are going to dare you to be calm. So have you ever heard of that game, Truth or Dare? Have you ever played that game, Truth or Dare, where somebody asks you, do you want the truth or do you want to dare, right? And you get to choose between one or the other. Well, today we're going to talk about truth and dare and how those two can help you understand calmness in a whole new way. But before we do that, we're going to talk about a fun family activity that you can do with your children. And we're going off the rails. We are going off the rails today because this is going to be a fun family activity that you probably didn't consider as fun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this isn't true. This is in true Nicolene form here. Um, we do everything together as a family. And so this would definitely be considered like, hey, that'd be fun. Let's do this. Anyway, Paige, what do we got for a fun family activity today? Well, our fun family activity is learning how to adult, as most people would put it nowadays. So learning adulting skills, such as taking apart things, building things, or as is common in our family, cleaning out a drain, plumbing skills. Right. Or, or maybe building furniture. In fact, as we speak right now, I hope we don't hear clunk, clunk and stuff from the other room, <laughs> but, but Porter and Spencer, as we speak right now, are building furniture right now. I and, love that. and, you know, Port, I know. And Porter was actually talking to Spencer as he's building and he's like, so, Hey dad, uh, when am I going to come work on the remodel with you? Cause my husband's always like remodeling some house or something. It's one of his, you know, fun things that he likes to do on the side for himself for business. And he's like, so dad, you know, what days am I going to come work on the remodel? And so to Porter, that is fun to work on the remodel. Now, many, well, it's because he's working with 16, dad. the work doesn't even necessarily, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, because well, it's a, because it's an experience. It's something they do together. It's something they share in common. There are maybe a lot of sixteen-year-olds who might say, "No, no, my video game is fun. Like working with my parents is not fun." But I suggest to you um, that you can create the culture where working is fun. Now, that doesn't mean a video game or watching a movie, something very passive, um, is not going to still be considered to be relaxing and leisurely because it could be, 
But when you create a culture in your home that working together, building together, cleaning things out together, even like a drain that's stinky and yucky is fun. Um, it's, it's actually possible. You know, those things are possible. So I got to tell you a little piece of news for my life and Paige, you already know this. So this is not new to you, but, but <laughs> a little piece of news for my life. We are down to one child at home. So we've got Porter, he's 16 and me and Spencer and that's it. And London went off to school this last weekend. And She's up with me. I know, I know. So I am glad big sister's in the town, the same town where she's at. So, you know, but we've got, we've got, you know, everybody gone, but it was so funny. Um, before, before she left, Spencer's like, Hey London, let's clean out that tub drain and that sink drain one more time before you go. You know, like this was an activity. They're like, let's do this. <laughs> that sounds like dad. It totally sounds like dad. Like, you know, he's totally type A. Anyway, and so, so, you know, they, they get in there and they do, I mean, so often she's, she would say, oh, mom, come here, come here, come look at this. And I go in the bathroom and she's like, look what I pulled out of the drain, you know, because I mean, you get girls in the bathroom showering, <laughs> what happens to your drain? You got hair, hair and stuff. Yeah, seriously shaving cream, whatever gets in there, it turns into a big mess. But London knows how to clean it out because her dad taught her how to clean it out. She knows how to do it. So she went and cleaned it before she went off to college. And I thought, you know, when she gets to that, that apartment, she's got her roommates and all of a sudden their drain has a problem. She's not going to call the apartment staff. She's going to be like, I got this. Let's move over and I'll take care of it. And, and you know, what's <laughs> funny is I remember doing the very same thing when I went to college. I remember moving into an apartment and it was like, you would stand in a thing of water covering all your feet. And I'm like, this is sick. I, I, I cannot handle this. And so I just, I just went ahead and unclogged the drain. Oh, I you did know, it so and, many times while I was on my service mission for my church. Oh, so many times. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, these adulting skills, they come in handy and you're like, I'm so glad I learned that. I mean, it's a simple little thing, how to clean out a drain, but it's a really handy thing. And of course, in our family, it's a simple thing because what? My husband's a plumber. So there you go. Anyway, so there's your fun family activity. We probably spent a little bit too much time on that, but there you go. There's some fun little... Uh, I don't know, anecdotes from the Peck family life, right? So we are talking today about calmness and about daring to be calm because indeed it does require an amount of daring, an amount of courage. And, well, and before, in all reality, an amount of commitment, which is kind of what a dare is. You're committing to do something. Oh, I like that, Paige. Great. That is so true. You're all in, right? Right. You're all in. When you choose to be calm, you are all in. No excuses are left. You're just deciding, nope, this is my decision. This is what I'm doing. And of course, it's easier said than done, but it can be done. Now, we look at everything here on the Teaching Self-Government podcast through the lens of self-government. So Paige, what is self-government? How would you explain that? Self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing the knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Yes, exactly. So that means that you are planning ahead of time what you want to be like. And you know what? You really can't have self-government if you fly off the handle once in a while. Like that's the opposite of self-governed. So 
being self-governed hinges on the ability to calm yourself down. In fact, all of our skills have this skill set, this, uh, there's a couple of steps in our, in our basic skills that we teach children. We have these four basic skills. And there is this one step that is in every single one of those four basic skills that relates to calmness. What is it, Paige? Have a calm face, voice, and body. Yeah. Have a calm face, voice, and body. So you really can't follow instructions, accept no answers or criticism, accept consequences, disagree appropriately without being calm. And that's what we're teaching the children to do. And do you think that when we're correcting the children, when we're teaching the children and having discussions with the children, that they're going to be really motivated and inspired or even feel like it's, it's a truthful lesson to be calm, which is one of those steps to all of those skills, if actually we're not calm? What do you think, Paige? Do you think that would be super motivating to you if I wasn't calm? No, it's definitely not. <laughs> I mean, I'd be hypocritical. I know. I can't remember a time where you really got super angry. Well, except maybe like once. Um, but I know, like, you know, sometimes dad struggles a little bit more to remain calm. And there were times, especially when I was younger, when he would kind of get flustered and then you know I would get kind of flustered and you know it was like bad peer pressure mm -hmm. frustration because the communication wasn't going right and then you guys would just sort of get a little short-tempered with each other but you <laughs> right. wouldn't it wasn't necessarily like yelling I, I've always told my children you know like Every once in a while, every once in a great while. I mean, Nicolene Peck is not perfect. Like I am a work in progress like everybody else. Okay. I wish I could say that I hundred percent never, ever mess up ever, but then I would not be human. Okay. And, and, and so occasionally every once in a while, I, I, you know, I falter or maybe a stress level gets to a certain point. Cause see, that's the thing. Do you know, if you cater to your stress and you don't flag your stress when it starts happening, then when it's time to handle another problem that requires calmness, you won't be ready. Right. And so then all of a sudden you just go into a behavior you never planned on using. And that's the key thing. You <laughs> never planned on using it. Because so you didn't plan. Because you didn't plan. Because you didn't take time to plan. And then all of a sudden you got in over your head and went, what in the world happened? Well, I actually want to tell you about a story that happened to me. And this is a story where I was uh, in the house. I'm just kind of doing some things, but there's a lot of stuff going on. Now, I'm generally not a really stressful person. And if I usually feel any twinges of stress coming, I, it, I flag them pretty quick. And I'm like, nope, we're not doing that. And, and I'll just allow my, my kind of more you know, laid back side to just take over and say, it's going to be fine. And then we just push it away, right? And because to me, those are lies. When it's stress, the stress comes in, it's, it's like this big lie, like you can't do this, it's getting to be too much. Like that's a lie. Because is there some time frame that has to be run on? Is it really going to be bad if I'm late somewhere? I mean, you might say yes, but like at the end of the day, is anyone going to die? Nope, no one's going to die. I mean, there's very few stressful relationships or stressful moments where you know, someone's going to die in the end. I mean, they, they do happen. <laughs> well, it just means that like when you're stressful, it just means that your brain isn't processing things correctly. Isn't looking at things like one step at a time and you're just letting everything flood in at once, which means you haven't really learned or developed 
the skill to analyze and move forward. Totally true. And, and the thing is, is that anyone can experience stress. I mean, we all have the little moments where we can get that, right? Oh, for sure. Well, I had a, I had a situation where I had a lot of things going on. It was like, I got to write this and I got to write this and I got to call this person and I got to do this. And so, and it was like, you know, just a, kind of a pile of things coming on me. And usually I just go through the day and like, when I get to it, I get to it. And I, you know, I'm sure I'll do that. And, you know, and I, I prioritize so that certain things become less important so I can get the right things done. And I move other things to where they need to. And like, that's my normal way. But at this particular time, there was a lot of stuff happening really fast at once. And I didn't catch my stress trigger right? Because that's the thing is you have to know when, when am I stressed? What does it feel like when I'm stressed? And if so, I have to stop myself and say, that is stress. And I, I refuse to allow it to take over. So what am I going to do right now? Now I'm going to get calm. Well, I didn't do that. And so the next thing that happens, one of my children comes in from outside and they're like, oh, so-and-so just threw a tomato at me. And then they like show me a welt, okay, on their skin. And so then all of, at that moment, I'm thinking to myself, okay, why are we throwing tomatoes? Why are we throwing tomatoes at each other? And they, they were seriously just being silly. And they didn't come in like to tattle. They were, they were like laughing. They wanted to show it to me because they thought it was so funny that they had this huge tomato-sized welt on their stomach. And I was like, <laughs> and at that moment, I just like snapped. And, and it was because I had not caught myself before. So it was like, you know how people say, the camel that broke. Now, when I say I snapped, you mean the straw that broke the camel's back? Oh yeah. What did I say? The camel that broke the straw's back, but you know, no, you just said the about. camel that broke. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did break. It was that straw right. that broke his back. Okay. So anyway, clearly I am botching my story, but, um, the, the point is, I, when I say I lost it, for me, lost it does not look like what lost it looks like for other people. I've actually explained that to my children, you know, because then when they look at me and they're like, mom, you're not being calm. Like they can feel my energy is not calm, but like I never just yell or anything like that, you know, or I never like grab or hit or whatever, you know, they've never seen, I'm almost like, you guys have actually never seen full on anger, but you're right. I'm not calm, <laughs> you know, anyway. And so then I have to get calm, but, but I was like, I remember I opened the door and I'm like, get in here <laughs> right now, you know? And that was about, in fact, that was probably even louder than I said it. I was like, get in here right now, you know? And, and so then I'm like, okay, what are we doing here? You know, blah, blah. And and then my kids are like, mom, uh, can we disagree appropriately about this? Because, you know, I know that this is frustrating for whatever reason, but you're not being calm. And all of a sudden I was like, you're right. I should have just said, just now you threw a tomato at your sibling and you caused a welt. And that was a boundary issue and you shouldn't have done that <laughs> because of whatever. Oh, but I'm and sure so, we were loving it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I was like, oh yeah, I have language for this. I have a whole skill for how to correct them that I have just abandoned. I am not using it because I'm like, get in here. So like, all we of a sudden I'm taking you? it personal. Well, yeah, but through a disagree appropriately right, way, right. right? Yes, 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 yes. 
Anyway, and so, and you guys were like, wow, you got so mad. And I'm like, okay, well, I got to explain to you something. Me saying, get in here right now is not actually the epitome of mad. Like one day, you're going to see someone probably really get mad. And I want you to know there is a difference. Anyway, and so... Anyway, but, but the, the thing is, is that I, I had to do a, a major reality check at that time. It was like, okay, how did this whole thing happen here? Aha, uh-huh. it's called stress. It's called, I was allowing my list of things to get to me. And then I started taking it personally. And then when one person did something that I didn't like that something was going in that direction, I took that personally too. And, and there was a moment, I have to honestly say, now this is the thing, because calmness is power, okay? When a person has real calmness, when they are fully calm, it is a powerful thing, but they have to choose that power. So it's, it's what, um, what William Jordan calls conscious power. Conscious Ooh, power, ready that. to be focused in an instant to meet any crisis. So it's this, I've decided ahead of time that I'm going to have this power over myself, not over anybody else. This power over myself where I am going to keep myself in a state of consciousness. Because, you know, as soon as you start taking things personally, you are out of the cognitive part of your brain. You are out of the consciousness part of your brain. And you are now in the emotional. And when you are in the emotional, you make terrible decisions. And so it's conscious power. It's thinking power. You are choosing to, to think through what you're going to do. So anyway, um, there is this moment in my story with the tomato, okay? <laughs> there was this moment where I'm looking at the welt on one of my children. And they're kind of laughing at it. Which means I probably should have taken it lighthearted and been like, this is not how we use tomatoes, okay? And like, just, you know, (laughs) called it good. But, I mean, after all, they were out in the yard picking tomatoes for me and whatever else that they were doing for the harvest. So, um, but instead of taking that angle, there was this little moment where I felt myself go, okay, do I do a correction or do I say, get in here? Like, I mean, it was like this little, like, you could be calm. Okay, like, be calm. But then it just like flew right by. Because I didn't grab it. I didn't heed it. I didn't give it very much attention. I didn't go conscious on it, right? Instead, I went straight emotional. And so then I went to get in here. Right. And so, and then it flew right past and then I was in. And the funny thing was, is as soon as I was in, I knew it was wrong too. I don't know if this has happened to you before, but like you're in, you're saying something and you're like, I am handling this totally wrong. But it's like, now you've already started it. You feel like you have to like finish it. Yeah. So well, now you're the- too far gone. You got to finish it or else your brain's going to go, what? Well, it, and it's not even the brain. It's like the pride at that point. Right. Yeah. So- you're committed. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Exactly. So I was committed to ridiculous behavior. Okay. And then, and then even when I could tell that there was resistance, okay, because there should have been, because it was moms out of the normal, right? Even when I could tell that there was resistance, I was 
rationalizing like no no this is how i have you know how i have to do it because blah 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 right even though your brain's like well you see you have other skills my brain was like you are so wrong you are so (laughs) in the wrong like you know this is wrong but then it was like how do i dig out of this pit right well okay so here's the deal the only way to dig out of the pit is to acknowledge the truth. Remember, we were going to talk truth and dare today. We were going to talk truth and dare. Yeah. So as I was in this whole thing, I was in a lie page. I was like, the children are so disrespectful. They don't care about the fact that I grew those tomatoes. They don't care about each other. They're being rude to each other just to be funny. They are not sticking to their tasks. They don't care about all the things on my plate. Did they even know what was on my plate? Like, no, they didn't even know. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm adding in every, anything, right? All of your little stressors that have built up. Exactly. I was adding them all in. And then then, blaming them on us. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, oh my goodness. What a, what a ridiculous display. But you know what I love? I love that my children knew me well enough to go mom like what's happened to you you're not okay (laughs) this is not you i i'm just saying where did you go you know (laughs) so that reality check was really nice mom (laughs) yeah exactly so so it was nice to get that little bit of a like a reality check and i was grateful for that but i still felt this absolute craving to rationalize my behavior And I got to be straight up with it, like to pull away from that lie that I had invested in. Because anytime you get to that emotional place where you are making behavioral decisions based on your emotions, you are for sure in a lie. Oh, yeah. You are for sure in a lie. And, And then in order to not feel bad about yourself completely, what you often do is you rationalize. You make excuses for why something should be a certain way why you did it that way, how it was somebody else's fault or how you were whatever, you know? And I, I just remember I had the hardest time breaking out of that because it was pride. I I didn't want to have been that wrong in my behavior to my children, but I was, I was totally wrong. So it was really nice when I was like, okay, and I'll tell you what felt so good. It felt so good to say, I'm so sorry. I handled that totally wrong. That was wrong. Because you know what happens when I say that? I'm declaring the truth. I know it was wrong. They know it was wrong. Now we've brought the truth into the light. It was wrong. Now we can move on. So now I can give a lesson about boundaries. Yeah. Well, you've always told us and you've always taught that even when you're in the heat of the moment, if your brain catches on that you're not calm, even when you're in the middle of it, it is okay to just stop and say, you know what? I'm going to go to my room and I'm going to get calm and we'll come back to this when I'm calm. Because mm-hmm. that's total humility on your part. And if you've done your pre-teach with your children correctly, then they'll be able to recognize and say, oh yeah, you know, this is, this is good. We'll come back to this when everyone is calm instead of just try and fumble through this the right way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
And, and the cool thing about saying that, oh, I'm not being very calm, or I'm, I'm not very calm right now, I'm going to go and I'm going to get calm, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it. That one statement declares a truth, which helps you get to calmness more quickly, right? Um, it also sets an example for the children. It also pre-teaches the children and yourself about what needs to happen after mm -hmm. the calmness is achieved. So it lays a foundation for everything, and it also shows Calmness is required to solve a problem. We have to get to that place first, which is what you're going to teach the children when you do things like the calm down place that we talk about for little children, the rule of three, which we talk about for helping older children. So you're going to require them to get calm before they talk to you about things and before you solve their problems. So obviously you should do that yourself. But I just have to say on this one particular occasion, I blew it. <laughs> I blew it until I got to the place where my children with their skills and with their recognizing what truths I've taught them in my teaching actually brought me a little bit back to reality. And then I was like, oh, okay. And then I could apologize, say I wasn't calm and I knew that was the wrong way to handle it. And then, and then I literally just then handled it the right way, the way I should have. And they're like, mom, I'd rather earn an extra chore any day of the week than see you get angry. And that's when I said, <laughs> I do want you to know what you saw is not actually that angry. <laughs> compared yeah, to what I don't some think people do. You truly angry. And if I have, I think I blocked that lovely memory out. Yeah, well, I, I can't say I've never been truly. I don't remember the last time that I was actually truly angry angry i i actually don't even have the only memory yeah the only memory of me having terrible behavior um being truly truly angry i have one memory of when quinn was two memories of when quinn was like a toddler and one of them was actually a really disgraceful memory where i got angry at my own mother at that time and then one was I got angry at Quinn. And, and honestly, beyond that, I don't really think I've ever hit that level again because by that time I had started doing foster care and all of a sudden there were different cards on the table. And, oh, yeah. I, and I had to be calm in order to help these teens. Well, and you learned different like, skills. You didn't have yeah. those skills at that time. Well, I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't made myself a calmness skill. So that's absolutely true. There are just so many lies that we buy into. And, and really, when we hit that little moment, everyone gets that teeny moment where they're like, okay, is this, is this the way I'm going to go? Am I going to say this phrase next? Like, get in here. You know, what, what is the phrase or what is the thing you're going to do? There's this brief, maybe microsecond of consciousness that most people get that is like, okay, should I say this phrase, right? And it, and, it, and it flies past, but I dare you to, to tell yourself, stop. Because that's one of the biggest things you could do is say, stop talking. Oh, yeah. Stop talking. Don't say anything. Stop. I dare you to say stop, because if you tell yourself stop, that is one of the first steps in getting yourself to calmness. Because then you're getting your mind to a place where you can analyze your thoughts and behaviors. Yes, exactly right. Because if you just keep going, the emotions take over. I mean, there's a lot of people that may not even recognize that little teeny moment, that, that little hinge point, you know, where 
where you can fall. Yeah, you can fall one way. You can fall the other way. There it is. And, and some people may not even recognize this now because their emotional drive, maybe like, or, or autopilot, we'll call it emotional autopilot. Your emotional autopilot is so used to taking over now that you're not, you've like drowned out any of those consciousness thoughts that might come in. So what you have to do in order to get you to a place where you experience that kind of consciousness again is you have to analyze yourself. You have to say, what is it that happens to me? What do I think? What do I do before I lose control? What is the step-by-step process that I go through? And what you might have to do is the next time you go into emotional autopilot, once you recognize you're there, like just tell yourself ahead of time, next time I go into emotional autopilot, I'm going to tell myself to stop. No matter what I've just said or done, I'm going to like literally put on the brakes and I'm going to stop and I'm going to analyze what just happened. So, and I'm going to, and I'm going to tell the children, you guys next time I go into emotional autopilot, I'm going to tell myself, stop. And I'm going to analyze what I just did because I got to learn to control this. Making that type of a deliberate statement frees you to remember to stop in that moment. Oh yeah. Especially when when done ahead of time. It's so much easier if you choose ahead of time, what you're going to do. Yeah. Because then you can trigger yourself because you planned ahead of time. You made a trigger. You said, as soon as I go into emotional autopilot, I'm going to stop myself and analyze what got me there. How did it happen? What did I do within myself? Not what did people say to me, but what did I do first? What did I think first? What did my body tension do? What did my face do? What did my body language do? What did I do, right? And so you're going to go into that place. So then once you analyze that, you can say, okay, as soon as I get to mark number one, which is this thought that pops into my head, I'm going to tell myself, stop. And that's what I want to dare you to do today. I want to dare you to do that analysis. And, to and that can be yourself. hard sometimes, especially if you know you're someone who goes into that emotional place often. It's going to be really hard, but it's going to be so worth it. Seriously. Well, it's empowering. I mean, it's liberating. It truly oh, yeah. feels liberating. Like you think it's liberating to just follow your emotions, but you know afterward you feel like you just got put in chains. You know that it feels like bondage. Like you think, oh, you think this is pure freedom. I'm letting it all out. I'm everything. But you're disconnected from people. You can't look them in the eye very much. You, um, you feel like everything's more calm. Complicated. There's this strange subdued feeling that's forced. It it's, feels like bondage. Nothing feels free and light. And the only way that you find that is if you take the power that comes with choosing to be calm. Okay, that's what I got. So share your example. <laughs> got you. So my example is when I first met my husband, he was calm and talkable, but he told me later, he's like, you know, I thought that one of my the biggest things and one of the best things that I was good at was being in control of my emotions. But looking at you and watching you, I still have so much work to do. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. (laughs) But uh, he mistook passive aggressive feelings for being in control of his behaviors. So there are some times where he does get like frustrated at things. And I can tell especially when I like spring things on him because he likes to be very planned out. He's not very spontaneous, but I can tell that he is working very hard to not like have an outburst of stress or anger because he's so used to just either holding it in or 
diverting it into a passive aggressive form of communicating or living. And so he mistook that for being in control of his emotions. And then he met me and he's like, oh, I'm not really in control of my emotions. That's a really good differentiation to make. And I'm glad you brought that up because bottling emotions or, or pushing them down, which means they're still there festering, but you're not going to show, is totally different than saying, I'm just going to fully let that, like, I, that, I'm letting that go. That's done. I'm not going to be emotional. I'm going to be calm. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to accept that there's some things I can't control, except for myself. I can control myself. I mean, it is a totally different paradigm. And I think there are a lot of people who think calmness means you don't show emotion. But actually, real calmness means <laughs> that you show calm, like you actually feel all right and calm and there's nothing there. There's no hidden layers. There's nothing there's at you underneath the surface. Yeah. There's no frustrations. If there were frustrations, you let them go as not important. Or you talk about it with someone like just, right. it doesn't need to be there. Like there might be a cause that made it be there, but that cause and can be talked about. Yeah. And so, and that's a, that's a really good point. Like we are definitely not suggesting that nothing is worth talking about. I mean, you know, that there's nothing that, that you, I'm phrasing this wrong. What I'm saying, (laughs) what I'm saying is sometimes you have to talk about stuff. You don't, you, you can't, not everything can just be, you know, oh, well, you know, and let that go. I mean, that would be like, it's almost that more goes, passive, just like, okay, I don't want to confront this. We're just like, oh, we'll forget about it. Yeah, exactly. And that's not what we're saying. We're no. saying we can talk about it, but we can choose not to take it personally so that it's controlling our emotions, controlling our behaviors, tr- controlling our connections to people. But instead, we can say, let's productively handle this. Let's look through this. Let's see if we need to solve this problem, how we're going to solve this problem. But let's think of it almost with a a spirit of hope that like we can solve this. It can be okay. I can be okay. Even if there's a problem to be solved, I can be okay. I can choose it. And that's the daring part. Like there's a, there's an element of courage to being calm that you, you have to decide I am going to courageously choose calmness, even though I could choose to not care and be passive or to bottle it up and not show, but still hold on to it, or to be aggressive. Instead, I'm going to choose to be calm and to really keep my brain intact in my conscious power, being able to cognitively reason, and I'm going to really solve it. That's the other problem, is that Mm -hmm. sometimes we think if we get all emotional, somehow we'll be able to solve our problem better. Or that we'll be noticed more and listened to. And that somehow the problem will get better because of that. But in the end, if you can't think, you'll never be able to solve your problem. And the more and more emotional you get, the less ability, the less less cognitive ability that you have Mm 
And so then what happens is you can't think to solve your own problems. So it always gets worse. And the only time you finally start thinking and solving your problem is that moment when you feel remorse because you finally have that endorphin release because you fully lost it. And then there's nowhere else to go. And then you, your body just goes through a chemical calm. Right. Because you lost all, because you released Instead all the endorphins. Mental cognitive calm. Yes. And, but that chemical calm, you know, you can magnify on it and you can go around telling everybody you're sorry and whatever else, but that chemical calm is like a forced calm after the endorphin release. It happens to you. It is not something you end up having control over or that you choose very little. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then you just have recover. You've got makeup work and recovery work. And then you've taught your children and everybody else that you have to let everything out like that and mistreat other people. Emotional vomit. Yeah. Yeah. In order to somehow find your calm. And, and that isn't required. That's actually a lie. The truth is you can choose it, but it takes practice. It is not an overnight fix. Oh no, I, it took me I, years to learn how to be calm. I don't even of. I don't even know if you're fully done. I don't even know if oh, I'm well, fully probably done. Probably not. Like I, I feel like I am a totally different person than I once was. Totally different. And when it comes to calmness. But do I still have my minutes where I have to go, whoa, 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 self. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yes, I still have my minutes when occasionally if a stress level gets to a certain point and I don't catch it. I don't follow through with my plan. I could still end up in a bad place. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. It could happen to anybody. It could. Well, and it's hard, so, especially if you're in an, in an environment where no one else has been trained to be calm and you're trying. And mm. if everyone else is flaring up and you're trying to stay calm, it's sometimes really, really hard to stay in that, especially if you're not used to letting things go and not taking other people's emotions personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had to totally. learn that. Agreed. Because, you know, sometimes you, if somebody else doesn't understand the power of calm and they only understand the power of rage and they only want to spar with you in an angry kind of a way, then you feel like, is that how I have to get through to them? And, and it's hard to maintain your plan, to stay the course. If you're like, I've got this plan for how I'm going to stay calm, no matter what. It is hard to maintain that plan. I have been in situations where I've been at the Capitol, say, for instance, and I'm trying to advocate for children and families and stuff. And there might be somebody who is against what I'm doing. And they for sure have this anger, contentious thing with them. Um, well, I mean, not everybody who's against me, but usually I'm the bad guy, right? That's how they see me <laughs> if they don't like what I'm standing for. So because I'm the bad guy, then they might come up to me and attack. And I have had people come up to me before, uh, really hope, high profile people come up to me and say, are you Nicolene Peck? Like, you know, when they start like that, you're like, oh, here we go. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I am. And they're like, you totally blindsided us. We didn't even see this. Why are you doing this? Blah, 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 blah. You know, and I'm like, okay, it's because there's a problem here and we're going to solve it and it's going to be okay. And, and they're like, bah, 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 and they just start, they try to get it to escalate. And during that time, I have to continually think, be calm, be calm, describe what's going on. Describe what actions you have taken. Describe what actions you will be taking. Analyze just describe, what's going on behind the describe. other person's emotions. 
Yeah, it, because sometimes you can say, I know you're upset about this, but I think we need to, you know, just have a calm conversation about yeah, it, right? Like a, but an then adult usually appropriately. Yeah, but then usually they're like, bah, 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 you know, they don't care. But anyway, um, but, but you end up like, being the bigger person because you chose to stay calm and clear headed. Yeah, but you know, sometimes they actually will be like, okay, sorry, I'm sorry, okay, but w- could we, could you, I please know why you are you know, pushing so hard for parental rights on this because what if there's a bad parent, you know, or whatever. Right. And so then they have something that, you know, and then sometimes they start escalating again because they just don't have the practice. They don't know how, but I have have the skills. Yeah. And I have to understand that. And the thing is, is if I can give them that much, um, I don't know, credit, I guess if I can say, you know, they don't know and they don't know what they don't know, then I can decide not to take it personally that they're attacking me too. Like, well, they're lacking skills, but I have skills, so I'm going to use them, right? And <laughs> that's going to be what right. I do. You can and I wish, the example. I wish, other, I, I wish there were a lot of other people that had the same skills. I, it is like my little dream that everybody learns how to be calm. I mean, <laughs> to me, that is humongous. And, and, it's, and our children can all learn it, but it starts with us you know, and, and if we learn it, well, and it has to be chosen too. You can learn it just fine, but you have to choose it. You have to practice it too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you have to decide that it is true. So Paige, I want to give everybody a gift, a free gift. So on the teaching self-government, I know free is good, right? On the teachingselfgovernment.com website. So that's the website, teachingselfgovernment.com. There is on the, on the homepage, it says calm parenting toolkit or get started here or something. And if you click that, it will take you to a course. It's a mini course. It's called the calm parenting toolkit. And it is all about calmness and it is totally free right now on the teaching self-government website. So if you want to go there and, and get that, you will learn even more truths that are going to help you, uh, dare to be calm. So it's really not about truth or dare. I think some people who are really emotional think they're daring, but that's not really daring. It's actually pretty cowardice just to give in to your emotions all the time. Oh, for sure. The the real courage, the real daring is when you choose to be calm when you normally wouldn't. And so today I say to you, focus on the truth. I dare you to be calm. Thank you, you guys, for joining the Teaching Self-Government movement and for listening to the Teaching Self-Government podcast today. Thank you for joining me, Paige. Of course. And we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.